Hello and welcome to Mask Off, a podcast about perspective, life, and deep thought. Today I spoke with a 19-year-old boy who I work with at my serving job, who recently moved to New Hampshire from Southern California at the start of the pandemic. I really love his perspective and I hope you enjoy. You work, what, every day? I work six days a week. I do about 65 hour weeks. Wow. So I do every day but Wednesdays. Okay. So what is Wednesday like? Do you even want to speak to anyone? Do you even want to socialize or do you just want to lay in bed? I mean, no, yeah, I definitely want to socialize. Um, It's a matter of, you know, if plans fall through. I'm a planner and I like to plan things out in advance and not everybody is like that. And so, like, I want to make plans on or for Wednesday, but make them on a Sunday and then just trust that people are going to be able to, like, follow through. And a lot of people our age don't do that. They like to do things spur of the moment and they like to do things right along the lines of like just be spontaneous and just go and do stuff. It's like I would much rather just know that I have this. Like we plan this like multiple days out. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I can put this in a calendar, I can schedule it and that way when I have other things come up, I can tell other people I have stuff at this time, I have, you know, I can't do this time but we can do later in the day or we can do earlier. Like I don't know. Some people aren't. Some people don't do stuff right. Okay, but that's to each your their opinion. own. Though. I know yeah, to yeah, each yeah. their own. But like, for me, I don't. I don't know how people could not like schedule. Were you always like this, even when you were a kid, or is this yeah. just now because you're working six days no, a week? No, my I grew up in a family that was very, very punctual, and like growing up in California, you have to take into account traffic and everything. So it's like your doctor's office could be 30 minutes away or it could be 15 minutes away, but it's still only four miles away from your house. Jesus. So it's like, you know, it's going to take you that long or so you plan in advance and it's like, you know, with my baseball background, my coaches were really good with telling us if you're early, you're on time and on time is late. And so it's like, you always show up early for things because you never know what's going to happen. Maybe you need to start early. Maybe there's paperwork, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's just in life. It's a good lesson. Mm-hmm. And I was like, one of my favorite things, like that'll stick with me forever and it'll be instilled in, you know, my kids if that'll ever happen. But no, yeah. valid, valid. Okay. So we started immediately learning about that you don't like New Hampshire because obviously you're moving out here. You don't know anybody. It's during COVID. So obviously you need to work because you want money. Right. So, but let's start in California. Sure. So from my knowledge, you grew up in Orange County, California. I did. A very wealthy neighborhood. Sure. Right. So tell me about what was school like? So I went through the public school system all the way up until high school. Um, Made some of like my best friends um, through there. And then going, so like I moved from Northern California to Southern California when I was like four years old. And so I, right when school was going to start for like kindergarten, I got held back because the school year was just starting and so I did a pre-kindergarten rather than starting in so that's why I'm older for like my grade but I see. so I've always kind of just been the older one and I think that has to do with maturity and stuff like that but I'm sure we'll probably get there later um and so 
like I said, public school system all the way through um, up until high school. And then I went to a private Catholic school. And that's really where I saw the change in a lot of, like, I don't want to say, like, behaviors. But I feel like it could also be because, you know, you're growing up and you start to realize more things and you see more things. But, like, I always lived in the same neighborhood. But I feel like I never saw things for the way that they were. Uh, that makes any sense. So you were closed off. You were isolated from the real world. I guess. I don't want to use, like, the word, like, sheltered because... I definitely had an abnormal experience because, so I played, you know, baseball for my high school. I played baseball for like the local little league and everything like that. But I also played on a club team that was in, you know, we would play in Santa Ana and, you know, West Covina and some, and like we would play in other areas where, you know, you would see diversity and you would see other types of living styles. And so like, you know, having that was like, you would, you would understand, like, both sides to everything. And I think that, like, helped me grow as a person and as an individual by knowing, like, okay, this is how we live, and then there's people who live like this, and it's, like, every way that people... Like, there's always going to be other people doing something different. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just always, like, what you have. You always have to know that there's another side. So at the school you were going to, it was typically one type of class... Is that what you're saying? Like a, a wealthier class, upper middle class? I would say I would say so. Um, yeah. One big thing was if you looked at the parking lot at the school that I went to for high school, it was Mercedes, BMWs, and, you know, like really nice cars for 16, 17-year-olds. You know, like it was just, it was abnormal. You don't, I feel like you wouldn't see that in a lot of other places, you know, so... That was, you know, but that was normal to me. You didn't, you didn't know a lot about other, or a lot of people thought that they were entitled. And a lot of people thought that they deserved something just because everyone else had it. Oh. And that, and to me, that was unreal. Like, I, I never expected to have anything. I always, like, worked for, if I wanted something, I worked for it. It was never like, you get this, you get that, you know? So that plays a little differently when you see other people doing it the other way. But at the same time, when you have, I'm going to assume the majority doing it the other way Mm -hmm. and you were actually working for what you had, Mm -hmm. did it make you angry, jealous? Did you envy them because, oh, they can just get that car without working, they're their daddy can buy it, but I have to go to work. This sucks. No. I'm curious. No. Even when me, you were young. No. No, no, no. Oh, I, okay. I think... That's good. I grew up with a work ethic instilled for me from a very young age. Like, it was always, what can I do to make money? What can I do to, you know, get what... Get something that I want. Like, whether it was a toy or whatever, like, you know, you could... I think, I think a parenting style as well as like encouraging work and encouraging like hard work, like wash, washing your parents' car. And then, you know, maybe they pay you, you know, a couple bucks or whatever. And then, you know, you do that a couple times and then you're able to go and buy, you know, that toy or whatever you wanted. And this is at a young age. But then I think by doing that, it made me want to start businesses when I was younger, like start small 
I guess you could say side hustles. And by doing that, it like really increased my work ethic. But as far as being jealous of other people, I don't think I ever had that. I think for me, I had a really big, well, I took a lot of pride in the work that I did and knowing that I could provide for myself in that way. And I don't mean like provide for myself entirely, you know, of but, course, yeah. but you know, like I'll give you an example. So I worked one summer, I worked at a Jeep and truck shop. Um, and so I worked six days a week. I worked f- four days there and then I worked two days in a restaurant. And so I was doing 70 to 75 hour weeks and I was 17 years old. And that after that summer, I went and I wanted to buy myself something that I would remember all the work that I did. So I bought myself a watch and I didn't just buy a watch because I wanted, you know, to flex or, you know, I hate, I hate that type of mentality. I wanted to do it because I did a lot of research on them. I, you know, got into it, figured out what made a good one and what made like a nice one. And ultimately I, you know, I went down and I picked one. And when I bought it, I, you know, there was so much pride in it for me because it was the money that I worked for. Anytime I wear it to this day, I remember that summer. And so it's like your hard work, it pays off and it shows. And, you know, if you want to be able to do something, like there's a way to do it. And it's just a matter of how you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And you have the result right on your hand. Because sometimes you work so hard and you still don't see results. So you get frustrated and you give up. Right. But you have, you proved it to yourself. If I work hard, the result is right on my wrist. Yeah. And I mean, for a lot of people, like where we lived, it was super materialistic. And it was, if you don't have the new 2021 Mercedes, you're like, what are you what are you doing? Like, why don't you have that? And then if your neighbor got one, then like you had to get one. Like my dad grew up in a small town up in Michigan. Like none of my parents are from California. They're not, you know, he, he was always very like, I don't need to show anything for anybody else. And like growing up with that, seeing that for me, it was like, well, I don't need to do things for, to make other people look at me better. You know, I should do things for myself that make me happy and like by doing that you know you're either going to like me and respect me or or not like wow you know what I mean I do know what you mean yeah no that's beautiful I don't want it to come out in like a really bad way but it's it's like you shouldn't be doing things for other people and to please other people like you shouldn't be buying clothes based off of what other people are going to think you should be buying them because you like them and you want them Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that is an amazing thought and mantra to have for someone your age, you know, I mean, sometimes you don't really realize it till you get older, like, you know, when people get older, they are more confident and don't, you know, give a fuck about certain things. But us as kids, you know, we want the newest iPhone, we want to get that Gucci belt, because everybody has a Gucci belt, you know, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little guilty. Sometimes I buy things as a people pleasing way, but Right now, I've definitely grown up to the point where I just want to be happy also, right? right? Does it make you feel isolated, though? Because you're, you know, you you have this mindset, but you're still surrounded by people who don't have that mindset. 
So maybe they fear you or maybe they just think you're weird. Weird is cool though, don't worry. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I I actually really couldn't agree with that like anymore because when you have a mentality like this and you have, you know, I like to think that I'm beyond my ears is as far as my mindset and maturity goes. And if it weren't for me having it like this, I feel like I'd be in a different crowd. And I learned pretty early on, like, that as far as friends and stuff in high school, I was really, really set on just keeping the real people around me and, like, cutting out anyone who, you know, was fake or anything like that. And I think that helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, it's like I have a small circle because of it, but I know that that small circle is, you know, they would, they're ride or dies. They do anything for me. I can trust them, you know, with anything. And it's difficult to find. But going back, yeah, you do feel isolated. You do feel like, you know, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. But, like, I don't fit the exact stereotype. And I've never wanted to. And it's difficult. But I don't fit the stereotype of being a fraternity guy, being, you know, in... Like surrounding yourself with all these people. It's like I surround myself with people that are going to make me better. And I feel like if you're not, then you're, you know, almost kind of cheating yourself. And you don't want to do that. How did you realize this? Did you just grow up this way? Was it your parents? Was it a book you read? Was it, you know, I'm, I'm serious though, because how when I realized this, because I agree with you, I also have a small circle or... Yeah. You know, I don't even like having a big group of friends. I have friends all over the world because I know they're real and I know we can sit there and have a conversation not about other people and things. It can literally be so conceptual. And that's what I look for in a person, as a friend. Right. And I really started to realize that me personally in high school, when I looked at my life and I thought, why am I so stressed right now? Why am I so anxious? Why am I so sad? Oh, it's because I'm about to go see these people that make me feel these things. What am I doing? And that's when it that's when it all clicked in my head one right. night, you know? Yeah, it's like an epiphanal moment for you. And once yeah. you realize that, you never like it's a, it's a big deal. But no, I think for me I realized it I mean, probably in high school, yeah. Um, high school yeah yeah I mean there's certain situations that you find yourself in and then you realize like okay is this someone who you know really wants what's best for me or are they just using me and that's you know that's terrible yeah it's not something that you ever want to go through you never want to be used for someone else's you know personal gain and like I feel like definitely being careful of who who you let in and who you know I guess you you let around and like around you I guess Mm -hmm. but you know there's it sounds skeptical and it sounds everything like that but you know it's it's unfortunately it's true you know Mm -hmm. there's there's a quote where it's like you know if you're in a business deal and you don't see a fool in the deal then the fool is you I love that that's if so you good. Look at, if you look around and you don't see the fool, then you are the one who is being fooled. I love that. 
Oh my God. And when That's you, beautiful. when you do, when you look at things like that and you know, you're going to lose some, you're going to, you know, you're maybe, maybe someone, you know, you cut somebody out and then it was, you know, if they, if you want to reconnect with them, then you can always go and do that. But you know, it's what's best for you in that moment. How is it making you feel? Everything like that. And sometimes it's hard. Like you have to make hard decisions for yourself, but ultimately you look at it like, how has this person ever made you feel? Are they there when you need them? Like, do they make the effort? All of that. And when it comes down to that, like you can really figure out who's there and who's, who's not. Have you ever been in a relationship? Yeah. You have? Been in a couple. You've been in a couple? I have, yeah. Okay, so tell me, what was that like? Did you find someone that you felt, you know, exceeded your expectations and by expectations I mean treated you like you as a person yeah yeah Yeah, maybe had a similar mindset yeah I mean I think especially a girl in California (laughs) as as you grow and as you mature you know like high school relationships are definitely like one thing and it you know that was my longest one and it was I would probably say like my best one um and it was it was great I mean having somebody that, you know, wants what's best for you and having somebody who is going to give back to you as much as you give to them. Mm-hmm. I think for me, that's probably the biggest thing in any relationship. You have trust, like loyalty, and then, you know, like basically equality, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you find it difficult now, though, to find someone that you would be able to match with or are you just not even looking for it because I think, you're so I think young? love finds you when you're not looking. Oh, okay. I think if you're searching for it, then you're going to you're going to find it in the wrong ways. And I think that if you if you're actively looking, I don't think that I think that you're going to find you're going to try and find it in somebody. It's not just going to occur naturally. And how would you describe love? That's a loaded question. It is a very very a loaded, loaded question. question. So Two, I want two parts to this sure. answer. First part, and you can think about it. How would you describe love in one word? And then describe why. I'd say trust. And what is trust? Is trust is trust loyalty? Is it telling them everything, not leaving anything behind? Like, not. I mean, obviously not lying, but what else is there? What else is there to it? Because when I think of trust, I just think like you just tell the truth, tell sure. the truth. Yeah. So your your perspective is more based on honesty. Yes. For me, I would I would agree with that, and I would also add, you know, in any relationship, trust comes first, but also you know even in friendships, but when you find like somebody and you want to, or you don't want to, but <laughs> rewind, when you find somebody and you know the love is there it's for me it's three things it's trust loyalty and honesty and then those are like the three things for me that make up I guess if you want to call it like a love bond I see so I think for me trust is the biggest thing because knowing that you are going to be there for me knowing that I will be there for you I'll do things for you when you need 
them done. I can trust that you'll be there. It's like knowing that I'm not a hassle to you or whatever. It's just it's just trusting that you're going to like I guess be there for each be other. Be there for each other. No matter what. Right. If it's the end of the world. That's I trust you. That's what it is. It's not you know it's not a lot of things, but it's a couple things and those couple things in the most vague way are what make it up. That's very interesting. And I'm curious, and you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but did you realize this through your own relationships, or was it maybe something that was missing from your parents? No, it was... Or... I would say it was something I learned from my relationships, and then also mm-hmm. from the lack thereof. I see. And I'll say that in in a very vague way to keep some privacy but I've had a couple situations for me where it's like you you give and then you don't receive in return and trust and I'll leave it at that okay perfect yeah all right and now I want to ask you this I know another loaded question if I'm going to be honest but What is your biggest fear, non-tangible? Biggest fear. Your biggest fear. (laughs) I would say, I guess I would say failure. Failure. And there's so much stress put around not being afraid to fail. And you could listen to a hundred podcasts, you could read a hundred books, but at the end of it, it comes down to just being able to go and do whatever you're afraid of doing. And I have one of my really good friends, and he's the most spontaneous guy that I know. And he just goes for it. You know, I'm a very big planner. I like, you know, if we're going to go and do a trip, I want to know where we're staying. I want to know what time we're leaving. I want to know all these logistical details. And this, this friend of mine just goes for it. We'll figure it out. Let's do it. We'll figure it out along the way. And I, I look at it, and he has been able to have so many more experiences because of that and I envy that and so I'm trying to do that a lot more but when it comes down to it it's like if you're afraid to fail you're going to live in a more sheltered life and I think a lot of it has to do with past experiences of things not working or anything like that but, you know, it's something that I'm trying to do. And it's something that, like, you live, you learn, and you grow. And, like, this is something that I have to face, if you want to put it that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's, like, being able to say yes to things. Like, the biggest, I guess not the biggest, but the best time period in my life was my first semester of my senior year of high school. And this is right before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And I was... You know, I was really looking at things in perspective and I was like, this is my last year here. Like, this is all I have left. So if not now, when am I ever going to get to do these things again? And when I started doing that and when I started saying that to myself, I started going and doing way more. And any time I was faced with the decision, like, should I go? Should I not? Should I do this? You know, whatever. I just, I just asked myself, if not now, when? You know? It's yeah. like when you put that in 
front of you, you're like, when am I ever going to get to do this again? That's for big things, you know, yeah. but because you can always, oh, I can go and do it tomorrow, but, you know, at the lack of sounding cliche, like tomorrow's not guaranteed. Literally. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So would you say that when you look at, so when you're saying you fear, fear failure, um, so you're looking at the future and you're planning it out because you don't want to fail like you did in the past. So you compare your future outcomes. I don't know if it has a lot to do with failures like mm-hmm. in the past. I think that I've just always been afraid to fail, so maybe I haven't done as much. Okay. And do you regret that? I have some regrets. Yeah. And what's your biggest one? Um, if you... You don't have to say it, but if you don't mind sharing... Because I mean, sometimes think, your biggest regret really influences your decisions. Yeah. I mean, it, like, my probably biggest regret would just be not playing football all the way through high school. I stopped after my freshman year. Why? I was like, I was focusing on baseball. I mean, it wasn't any, like, super, super <laughs> big. Such a boy. No, I'm kidding. No, but I, it wasn't any, like, super, super big, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I really wish I could take this back. I was like, no, I feel like if I were to have you know, played all the way through, I just would have had a lot more, like, experiences and everything like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's not the end of the world, but... I agree. I feel like it would have been a cool thing to do. I agree with you. And I totally understand when you say, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it now, because yeah. you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So my whole mantra with that is, just do it. You know, because Nike I'm... plug? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, yes, literally. This podcast is sponsored by Nike. Is yes, <laughs> I wish. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, because you said your friend is so spontaneous. I am your friend. Like I, I understand. You're a spontaneous I'm person. Extremely spontaneous. Sometimes it's too impulsive. Right. You know? Sometimes it backfires. It backfires, but because and like this is my advice to you. Because of my spontaneity and being impulsive in that sense, I have been able to do so much. This yeah. podcast totally impulsive i was driving to california and i was like fuck it i'm gonna start a podcast i've always wanted to do it yeah i pull over in the middle of nowhere and i bought these microphones that's crazy yeah and like for me i would have this. to think about all that i would just be like you know because i'm you... so conservative with my money too that oh. it, i feel like that's another thing for me mm-hmm. is i don't like to spend money i like i would Save. have to think i would have to be like is it a good investment? Is it going to pay off long term? Like, and I don't know why. It's just how I am. And it's just. <laughs> well, think of it this way. When you die, that's it. Yeah, none of it's going to matter. None of it's going to matter. And I, I, I have, you the, know, I agree, but I also kind of disagree. Like, for me, I've, mm-hmm. I've started trying to build a legacy in, like, in the least... I don't know, like self-centered way possible. Mm-hmm. Like I started doing things, I'm, I'm 20 years old, but I've started doing things looking f- for my future children. Wow. Like I... That don't I, exist yet. That don't even exist yet, no. Okay. I, I grew up without having a college football team, you know, and it was like my parents went to small schools and, you know, we're Green Bay Packer fans because my dad's from there, but that's NFL. And I lacked that college college football like fandom right Mm -hmm. and so it's like it's not the reason that I 
decided to go to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a big school. It has big football. It's all that. And so it's like my my kids will be Tennessee fans. Like, we'll be will be a Tennessee like type of family. We'll like we'll root for them. You know, it sounds so dumb, but no, it also doesn't. it's like no, you, you fam- know, being I- able to like try and provide that. And it's not like they're not going to be forced into it, but like being able to provide that environment. And then on top of that, like you know, if if my kids want to go in the like Greek life in college, like you know, they'll have somebody to look at. Like I never had anybody to look at. For that so it's just like doing little things I mean not like they're probably pretty big life steps like for me in life but like going to college and joining a fraternity those are big things but also knowing that like my kids would be able to have that in the future for them if they wanted it mm-hmm. so you want to be an influence to your kid so when yeah, you say leave a legacy you want to yeah. be an influence like wow my my father did these things and yeah absolutely i, I want to be a part of it like of i course. want to start a tradition yeah your traditional yeah. base man would you say yeah yeah okay no, no, yeah, yeah that, that goes with a lot of stuff i'm very like i'm i don't fit the modern stereotype of a guy at all elaborate i don't know it's like there's the way that guys are now like Go portrayed ahead. and i don't know like, like what you definitely thought about it how are you different Besides uh, what you said earlier, which... It has a lot to do with, I think, how, like, girls perceive guys and, like, what they actually value. You know, it's like... Like, going back to me being... Always being more mature, mm-hmm. it's you want to... Or I, you know... I want to be, like... I guess you'd say, like, a classic, like, gentleman. Like, I feel like... I, I think there's value in being, like, good to a girl and like you know doing I don't know like you choose your words carefully here but I know what you're saying though with being the gentleman yeah I know exactly what you're saying I mean I know exactly like there's being treated with respect and not like just an object absolutely and that's why I personally portray some men like that being respectful towards women Mm -hmm. and it's like I think it's kind of unbelievable that you know if you are, if you do that, you know, there's literally, like, a derogatory term for it, and, like, you're getting called a simp for treating a girl with respect. I think that is complete and utter bullshit. <laughs> it's so, okay. Like, no, you, that's not what a simp is. I, okay. So is that what it, I don't me, even know. To me, a simp is, like, it doesn't have to be a guy to do that to the girl. It could also be the girl to the guy. Sure. It's just, you'll do anything okay. for them. Well, if you we're doing that. You will drop anything right. for them but I guess in a sense that's like loyalty and trust yeah but yeah. there's also a difference between being like yeah no dropping everything and going and doing something that I, I'm like I have stuff that I do yeah you know it's like I'm not gonna a hundred percent like drop everything unless it's like an utter emergency but of you know, course whatever. yeah but you're not gonna but drop everything no 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 no, no yeah it's like I'm not that's gonna, a sim I'm not gonna bail to on me. like friends or other plans just because like all of a sudden you can now hang out yeah you know so yeah, like yeah, that yeah. that but no like being able to you know, respect, respect girls and... Like what, open the door? Sure, yeah, you know that, but just like, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't really vibe with the hookup culture, I'm not about that, um, I think there's a lot more 
to a person to than, a person than just how they look any, yeah, in any relationship. That's very true. Yeah, so I think there's that, but no, okay, I see what you're saying because you're not just it's. I think it's very respectable, and it just shows how mature you are because you don't just objectify a woman. So would you say like when you when you attempted if when you were at work. You know, and mm-hmm. you work at a restaurant sure. with me. So yeah. when you tried to make friends with other people there your age, did you find that you just didn't connect with them because of maybe the maturity level or? I don't know if, in the, I mean, I'm just curious. work environments work. are completely different. That's also true. And it's like, you're going to be around all these people. So you're going to make an attempt to be more cordial. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know. I'm a, I don't write people off until they've, like, done something to which I, you know, can't be, like, associated anymore. So it's, like, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. Like, I'm good with anything. But, I mean, a little bit, yes. I think I actually gravitated towards the people, like, older in age, mostly just because they're, they're out of the phase in their life where, like, all these little things matter so much and they're like okay like I can finally just let this type of stuff go and just like focus on stuff that actually matters and I don't know I always gravitated towards like older people who have I guess their stuff figured out wiser yeah yeah Yeah. I don't know whether it's because like I find that I can learn from them or if I just like our personalities are you know more similar but mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I don't know yeah you also probably have a high EQ emotional intelligence I don't know we'd have, we'd have to test that one out yeah but you definitely do if you're saying these things at your age definitely older 20 I'm 20 yeah oh, okay so yeah. I have a high EQ I, was, I, thought, I thought you were older no like, exactly oh, you thought it was older yeah. yeah that's what everyone always says to me too always they're like you're not 28 like, yeah actually I'm 18 19 and now I'm 20 Really scary, right? Yeah. I think that's terrifying. I remember the first time, like, literally I was at work and someone was like, oh, how old are you? And I was like, oh, I'm 19. I go, wait a minute, no, I'm not. I'm 20 now. And I was like, it was so weird for me to actually say. I'm like, I don't know. No. It was I, a weird situation. I think it's 20 also. Like, 19, I was okay with changing from 18, but 20. And I know 20 isn't old, you know, but no. to me, 20 is like a new chapter in my life. You're oh, in absolutely. Your, you're in your 20s. 20s now this is when barely (laughs) yeah but 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 technically technically, technically, well you are you you are are. yeah it's like when you turn 13 that's a very important yeah you're a teenager now but you're really kind of not yeah but you're hitting puberty sure so this is the time in our lives where we get to make mistakes and be spontaneous because once we're older you know or it's up to you you know things change right maybe you want to start a family stuff I don't know yeah right that's yeah well definitely that's, like, me. that's that's a ways away you know I know I know it's it's scary though because you're saying a ways away but I mean people but in are 10 getting years married. you'll probably have kids I know and time goes by like yeah this right now the yeah. summer flew by yeah, right it really did it's insane it's insane well I'm curious um what gets you out of bed that's a really weird question but like when you're in bed and you have to go to work, because you say you work six days a week, and uh-huh. I know it becomes natural, but yeah. there are those days, and I have them too, where you're like, I do not want to do anything today. 
But you get up anyway. Why? So for one, there's there's two actually, mm-hmm. and there's like a very surface level reason, and then there's also a really like I guess deep answer to it. So surface level is money. Like I want to make as much money as I can right now, and I've like sacrificed. I would say I probably sacrificed a lot. Well, not, like not a lot, a lot, but like I sacrificed your summer, my summer, my social. Life, I guess, and then um, getting to know New Hampshire. Yeah, 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 and you know, being able to travel and do any of that. Like, I didn't go home. Home for me will always be in California. Like, I didn't go home this summer, and because I was working so much, and I was like, "But I'm gonna get to see most of these, most of these people, with the exception of like, you know, four of my really, really close friends. I'll get to see them in August." And it's like, okay, I can. I can wait, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah, surface level, money. The deep level is the commitment that I've already made. When I say that I'm going to be at work, I feel like I owe it not to just the other people, but I owe it to, like, myself. Like, withholding the commitment. Because for me, like, I... I talked about it earlier I hate people well I don't hate people but I really (laughs) one of my biggest pet peeves is when people flake or when people like can't uphold their end and it's like it's a mutual it's almost like a respect thing too it's like I understand if you call out because you're sick or you know something happens but if you simply call out because you're like I just don't feel like working today you know not only did you just cause a little bit of havoc for you know whoever has to redo something that they've already done but it's like it affects other people it does. and I don't want to do that to other people and so I guess that's kind of why okay you value respect and commitment yeah yeah and once again when you think like that and then you know that other people don't it's difficult because it's it would be so easy to stoop to another person's level and just say well other people do it so it's okay but that that's when you have to have a high level of integrity i hope you enjoyed this episode follow me on instagram at emily underscore shawl i have it listed in the description and dm me if you have any suggestions or critiques that you think i should make and if you have an interesting perspective that you want to share